take a one cup measuring scoop and put it right in your colander. That way, as you go over to the colander with your pot and you're about to just dump it, you're like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Let me scoop out this water. I just usually take a mug and immediately put it by my pot as like a little cue that I'm supposed to scoop out a mug full of water. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I am Stacy. And this week we are talking about one of our favorite back pocket meals. Pasta. <laughs> I feel like we talk about pasta all the time in some ways because it comes up in nearly every episode since we focus so much on really accessible, easy, quick, delicious dinners that everybody will love and pasta just like fits the bill. But actually, it's been almost five years since we specifically focused in on pasta. Yeah. Episode 38, which is still a great episode to go back and listen to. I am laughing a little bit because we just grown into our profession <laughs> since then <laughs> is, what it is? is the nicest way to say it. <laughs> and also, if you're keeping track, we're technically 250 plus episodes of just main feed episodes, if you're keeping track. And that's not including like the mini episodes we did one year, or now we have a couple years of bonus episodes in our community. So like, we've talked a lot about food and feeding families. And we only have one pasta episode, which kind of surprises me. Yeah, it's really crazy because I go through phases where we don't eat pasta a lot. But still in my mind, pasta really is the hero of family mealtime. It really does check all the boxes. I already said it. Kids like it. It's easy. It is so incredibly versatile. It can be really quick to make. I do think that we should talk about some rules and tips because I do think that there are like a couple of really simple things that can be done that elevate pasta and keep it from being soggy or kind of just yes. like a little greasy. So, you know, even though it isn't hard to cook, if you don't have a couple of techniques that you know about and that you've mastered that are really, really easy to master, pasta can be subpar. You know what I mean? It can be kind of meh, kind of mid, and it doesn't take a lot to get it to be great. And I think that we should talk about that this episode. But you alluded to it, and we haven't said it specifically yet, that today we're talking about super speedy pasta. Yes. 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 And it's funny because you were like, oh, pasta can be subpar. Whereas like I sometimes think that pasta is such a basic and like versatile thing that I need to make the argument for like, oh, pasta can be actually really fancy and it can be something nice to serve for dinner guests too. Totally. And at the same time, homie. So I think the idea here is whether you're at the end of summer and you're running around trying to check off your summer bucket list or if if like me, your kids are headed back to school um, this week. I can't even believe that that's happening. I know that these dinner ideas are just going to save you through the rest of August and into September. I do feel like, and I am making zero promises here. I do feel like we could do pasta through the seasons and that could be really fun, but let's keep it top line now. And we'll talk about, you know, we'll probably be throwing out some ideas that are specifically perfect for end of summer. 
because that's where we are. But like, let's mostly focus on like general techniques and ideas that you can make all year round just super quickly, right? Yes. I like to be kind of technical when we start. So just real quick, before we get too deep into it, what are the parameters for you when we say super speedy pasta dinner? Is that 20 minutes? Is it 25 minutes? Well, it, is it one pot? Is it certain pasta shapes? Okay. I think that one pot is kind of a general rule. And I'm just kind of like quickly flipping through the Rolodex that is my cluttered mind at the moment. <laughs> and I think that a lot of the ideas that I'm bringing to this episode do end up being one pot because part of a dinner being quick is also cleanup being quick and like not having to pull out tons of stuff. I think that the main thing for me is that I'm not making a full-on separate sauce and also a pasta or like which is really like when you end up having two pots or that if I am making a separate sauce it's like super quick. But I do think in terms of timing we need to stop and pause on the fact that boiling dry pasta takes a little while. You have a huge pot which is the thing that's the time suck. Yeah, it yeah. needs to come to a boil. Yes. And you need to have a lot of a lot of water to cook pasta correctly. So we're talking four quarts, which sounds it sounds like a lot. It is a lot. You need a big pot to cook pasta in correctly because you want to get the water moving around. It's also why it needs to be at a full rolling boil. Of course, if you're cooking less pasta, you can use less water, but Stacey has ingrained in my head from like season one, if you're going to boil water and it's going to take 20 minutes, whether you're doing two quarts or four quarts, why not just do four quarts and boil the full pound of pasta yes. and then have the leftovers for other meals or pasta salad or pasta bake or whatever. So I, I pretty much always do the full gallon of boiling water, which I think takes 20 minutes yes. to bring to a rolling totally. boil at high heat at like the bare minimum. Yeah. And then, you know, I would say the average pasta cooking time is anywhere from 10 to 12 minutes. It can be as little as like eight. We'll get into it, but you're never going to cook the pasta for the entire time that it says on the package. Yes. Okay. We'll get into that later, but still, so that shaves off a few minutes, but you're talking about 20 minutes to bring to boil, let's say about 10 minutes on average to cook the pasta. So that's already a half hour right there. So for me, that's why if you can do a separate sauce, like a super quick meat sauce that will cook in 20 minutes and you are the kind of cook who feels like you can do this concurrently without losing the thread, great. That counts as quick to me. Otherwise, I'm draining the pasta and then whatever it is I'm dressing my pasta with in the pot that is now empty, I want to put together a topping slash sauce real quick. I don't want to put any more than another 10 minutes. Yeah. Then I we're don't up even to want, 40 minutes. I don't even want you to use the word topping <laughs> because I think that's a mistake that people make and we will get into that. But I agree with you. I don't begrudge making a sauce in another pan as long as it can cook in the time it takes to boil the water and cook the pasta. That's cool with me. But I also think of one pot pastas as being inherently quick dinners too. Yeah. yeah. I never, ever cook one pot pastas. 
Like, are, uh, let's talk about what we mean by this, yes. right? Because I'm making pastas in one pot, but I'm draining the pasta and then I'm making like a sauce or sauteing the toppings. You don't want me to use the word toppings, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I we'll do. get into I'm it later. Messing with you a little bit. Yeah. I never do the thing where you put water and then tomatoes and onions and everything's like floating in the water and then the pasta and then you cook it down and then it's done. Okay. I do that like on the regular, like twice a month at least. And, That's interesting. But there are kind of like rules and you said water, but we should call it's like the topping thing, right? Like we should call it cooking liquid because you don't necessarily have, you're not necessarily just like boiling a bunch of stuff in a pot of water. You're trying, what you're trying to do is like cook the pasta and make a sauce in one pot. And they're really interesting because they're something that's really come out, up in the age of the internet, I feel like. I didn't I grow agree. up with one pot pasta unless you can't account Hamburger Helper, which I might. I love Hamburger Helper. <laughs> but can I tell you that right after I said I love Hamburger Helper, I do not consider myself a food snob. And don't you laugh right now. I'm I looking at you. I cannot make any promises. <laughs> I'm looking at you. If you guys could only see the video here. I one pot pastas seem a little, I don't know. I shouldn't make them more because I bet they're really easy and really delicious. Okay, I can't wait until we get into actual like flavor ideas because I'm going to I can tell you already some of the things on your list that you feel like are the the upper echelon of taste can be made in a one pot I know, but I just, I don't see why. I feel like it's not going to come out as good. That's what I feel like. I'm just telling you the (laughs) truth. That's okay. That, you know, what's so great is that this episode's still going to have something for everyone. And I'm going to make, I'm going to do one, like when we get into it, I'm going to do like, okay, this is the pasta. Let's say it's like green sauteed with garlic and I don't know, mushroom, blah. I'm going to do the one pot version and the pan version. And I'm going to like test it out for everyone because I definitely have a bias against those one pot pastas. Okay. I'm here to convince you otherwise. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hey, before we get into it. Didn't we get into it? But here we are. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to invite you to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. Free members get direct access to us as well as our hive mind of busy home cooks, plus access to our recipe archive, shopping guides, and helpful checklists. Our supporting community is a way that you can help financially support our free public episodes. And when you join, you get access to our ad-free stream, which is like my favorite thing to talk about, two bonus episodes each month, live Q&A sessions, and some uncut gems too, which are pretty much bloopers so that you can laugh at us. Find out more about becoming a member of our community at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Okay. Okay, top line cooking rules. We talked about you are always going to boil a full four quarts of water yes. every single time to cook a pound of pasta. Um, I can't believe we didn't mention this, but like covering your pot of pasta will help bring it to a boil faster. You mean the the water before you the put water. the pasta in? Yes, yes, before you put the pasta in. Yes. And also, I don't know if this is just my weird habit. I think there might be some science to it. I like to get the pot of pasta water to a rolling boil before I add my salt to it. I do think that there is some science to it. Yeah. I think that the salt slows down the boiling process. It does. But I'm glad that you brought up salt because people need to salt, 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 salt the water. 
So we have a product that we love, but it is a little bit of a splurge because you're it's a little paying, tree. You're it's paying, a little tree. You're paying for salt. But Jacobson Sea Salt Company has something called Disco de Sale. And they're basically like pressed pellets of salt that are perfectly portioned for a pound of pasta for four quarts of water. It's like you just drop it in and it's done. But if you don't want to splurge on those, and it's also fine salt, and I don't know, it just is like, it does feel like a luxury. Just make sure that you're adding enough salt. You're not going to try it because your water is already coming up to a boil and don't want you to burn yourself. But imagine that you want it to taste like seawater, right? So this is the only way that your pasta is going to be seasoned directly. Of course, it's going to then be seasoned with the sauce and everything else, but that stuff is going to be in the sauce and it's going to lay a little bit on top of the pasta. Like this is actually seasoning the pasta itself. You hear us talk about this all the time. When you're cooking something, we want you to season at every single step so that you're layering flavor and you get better flavor, more complex flavor. This is part of that. And it's worthwhile to know that most dried pasta is just semolina flour and it's dried. And so there is no salt. There's no seasoning in your dried pasta anyways. A little bit different with fresh pasta if you're making it at home or buying it from a shop near you or getting like fresh packed. That does have a little bit of salt in it, but we're talking about mostly dried pasta here. And so like it needs it. It doesn't have any salt. You're not like adding more salt to it by cooking it in a ton of salt water. And the general rule of thumb is a tablespoon of salt per gallon of water per pound of pasta. When we say that, we mean kosher salt. Yes. Yes. Kosher salt. And oh my God, I have to throw this in here. Do not add oil to the water. Or butter. Or butter. Oh my God. I don't know about butter. Yeah. No fats in your water. It doesn't prevent the doesn't prevent the pasta from sticking to itself because you're going to drain it anyways. And then it prevents the sauce from sticking. Yep. It's going to just slick right off, guys. Water, salt, pasta. That's it. Yes. Okay. Speaking of seasoning the water and why it's so important in the sauce building, we do want you to save some pasta water for saucing. And that's another way that you're adding layered flavor into your pasta dish. Can we back up for one second? Yeah. Because that's when you're draining the pasta. But I want to note, we already referenced this, but you're going to cook your pasta about two to three minutes fewer than indicated on the package. Oh, I see. I'm going to push back on that because I feel like now this wasn't true when we were like growing up or learning how to cook. I feel like most packaging says like eight to 10 minutes for al dente. I totally disagree. But I... But I think it also, I was going to say, I think it depends also on your sauce. So the idea of cooking it less or fewer minutes is so that you can still, you're going to put your, first of all, it's going to cook a little bit from the residual heat. And then you're going to put it in a pan or back in the pot with your sauce and you're going to toss it. So it's going to cook further. So you know, it depends on what you're, if it's going to be a very quick sauce and you're not going to have your pasta on the heat more then maybe it's only one or two minutes fewer. Maybe you can follow the box directions if you want, and that's how you like it. Ultimately, I do think it's a personal choice, and you can just try a piece of pasta and taste it, and then imagine it's going to be a tiny bit more cooked. But I'm still fully two minutes less. Okay. I love that. I want to know, do you have a brand of dried pasta that you're loyal to? I I don't. I don't either. I tend to just buy what's on sale. I was going to say I buy what's cheapest. 
But I think um, if you're like new to pasta cooking or you, you want to improve your pasta cooking repertoire, getting one brand and like learning what their sort of cooking time is, is really helpful to just grow in your confidence. Yes, totally. Yes. And I think we should also be clear. You already said it. We're talking dry pasta. We're talking semolina pasta. If we're talking about chickpea pasta, brown rice pasta, anything like that, the rules are a little bit different. Maybe one day we should do like a separate. We do talk about it in the old pasta episode. Mostly we talked about chickpea pasta there because we were working with Bonza at the time, just full disclosure. And it's like there's there are too many rules. Like I could give you good advice for cooking chickpea pasta, but I don't know as much about brown rice pasta. So I do have the idea of doing an alternative pasta episode. The cooking rules, some of what we're telling you now actually does not work right. for chickpea pasta, for example. So let's just focus on semolina pasta okay. for today. And can we just mention, like, we're saying the cook time for dried pasta is eight to 10 minutes as a general rule, depending on the shape. Smaller shapes are going to cook faster. But fresh pasta is like a quarter of that time, like three to four minutes for most fresh pastas, including filled fresh pastas. And you know what's interesting to me? For some reason, I mean, a pound of dry pasta doesn't really cover my family at this point anymore. But fresh pasta... Does it come in a pound? I don't buy it very often. Oh, I buy it every week. I'm going to tell you. I feel like I need more of it. And it's expensive. It is much more expensive. Yeah. I tend to buy the family size of any brand, which is typically 20 ounces. So more than a pound of pasta. And I'll, I will tell you, recently it was just Emmett and I at home. Emmett can eat a whole, yeah. like, he could eat the whole 20 ounce package by himself. Because he loves it so much. And for some reason, I don't know if it's that, like he just loves it. He can just eat more volume of it than even pl- like regular pasta with just like plain marinara sauce. It feels different to me. I it don't does know why. Feel different. It feels like I always need way more. Yes. And given the price, I almost never buy it because of that. Interesting. I like it as a, ver- I just like it as a little switch up in variety. Like, oh, maybe for a couple of weeks we've been doing pasta once a week and it's been dry pasta, I'm going to do ravioli or tortellini this week. Oh, that kind of fresh pasta I do. I meant just like even like fettuccine. fettuccine. Yes. Same. I mean, I'm talking about the same thing. Like sometimes I just want a little bit different variety or I'm making a sauce that I feel like requires like ragu. I like a thicker like pappardelle shape for that. And I only can find that fresh. Really? Yeah. You can't find dried pappardelle? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I've never really looked for it. I just assume it's like only comes in fresh. No, I feel no. I get it dried too. But I do wonder if I get it in those. It does make me wonder if it's not the regular like Ranzoni or Butoni or whatever in the box. Because now that I'm thinking of pappardelle, I feel like I get it in the bag. Yes. Which might be like a fancier brand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So deep into pasta, and we haven't even talked about how we're making it super speedy. Can we talk about one pot pastas first, or do you want to talk about sauces? I want to talk about sauces real quick, because you mentioned you already took us there, and then I made a step back about scooping out the pasta cooking water. Yes. Can I linger on this before we move on to one pot pastas? Okay. We've said this before, that 
the pasta cooking water has a lot of starch in it. That starch, when added to your sauce, is going to make your sauce, it's going to enrich it, basically, and make it silky and help it stick and adhere to the pasta better. That's why it's so important. I sometimes cook pasta ahead of time, and I'll even scoop out the water and put it in a mason jar and then put that in the fridge for when I'm ready to sauce my pre-cooked pasta. Like, it really makes a difference. So... One, I think you should try to find a trick. If you forget, you forget. It's not like the end of the world, especially if you've made like a separate sauce, like a cream sauce or a red sauce. I think it's a little bit harder when you're trying to just make a simple butter and or oil-based sauce because that starch really emulsifies the fat and helps turn it into something that's just like grease laying on top of your pasta into like a very luxurious sauce that will cling. But If you just put like in your colander in the sink, this is your trick and I'm just explaining it, but this is your life. I think it's my, I think the internet owns this trick. I'm certainly not the first person to think of it at all. I think of you as being like very good about doing this. Like you put your colander in the sink and then you take a one cup measuring scoop and put it right in your colander. That way, as you go over to the colander with your pot and you're about to just dump it, you're like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Let me scoop out this water. I just usually take a mug and immediately put it by my pot as like a little cue that I'm supposed to like scoop out a mug full of water. Mug in the colander or mug in the sink is also a helpful reminder. Totally. Just like something that will like cue your memory. Also, I think it's worth noting here that you don't have to wait for the pasta to be like fully, fully cooked. If you're doing your like texture test and you're pulling out a couple, like go ahead and pull a cup of pasta water then. Like it's released most of its starch at that point and that that cooking water is still going to be helpful to you. Yes. So we'll return to this when we talk about some sauce ideas because again, this is pretty essential when you're just trying to make a simple butter or oil sauce. But why don't you talk about one pot pastas now? Why because don't that's I before talk about you drain? One. Do it. So one pot pastas are this, I, as Stacey sort of mentioned already, this idea that instead of like your tall pot of pasta that you're bringing to a, a boil, you're using a skillet and you're putting in your pasta, your dry pasta, some of your like seasonings, whether it's tomatoes or marinara sauce or cream and, and ricotta, some of your vegetables, certainly vegetables that can take on cooking for those like 10 to 15 minutes that it Mm -hmm. requires. And then you're covering it with like a minimal amount of cooking liquid. It can be water. It can be chicken broth or veggie broth. Um, Some recipes just use like the canned tomatoes, like the, the, the liquid from around those is enough to cook it in. And then you cover it and you let it cook stirring it. You check on it a couple times. And at the end, what happens is the pasta, so some of the liquid cooks off. The pasta soaks up some of the liquid, so it gets a lot of flavor to it. And it also really releases some of its starch, which we're talking about with the pasta cooking water mm-hmm. for other applications, into the sauce. So you get pasta and sauce and like other filling ingredients cooked together at one time. 
And I I do want to address the fact that you feel like they're not as nuanced as when you can make just like a quick pan sauce or well, or finish it. Can I say what it is? Because I don't think that that's it, but I do want okay. you to talk about that. I think what it reminds me of, because as you were describing it, I was like, what's my hang up here? Yeah. It's the same thing I feel about making pasta and meat sauce in the Instant Pot, which you know I'm a huge fan of Yes, doing as a weeknight meal. And it is delicious and it hits all the marks. And I absolutely, we're going to link to the recipe, think people should do that. But as good as it is, it's good in the context of I'm trying to get my family fed something yummy at the end of the day. It's never going to be like a really good pasta meat sauce, like elevated. You know what I mean? Like if I'm serving pasta and meat sauce to a crowd or like I want to impress and I'm having a dinner party, another couple over, like that's not ever how I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to use this technique for that either. So I think that's my hang up. And it reminds me of like how I had never had chicken nuggets in my house where I'm like, but I can just, it hardly takes any more effort. And I feel like I have something that feels a little bit more satisfying to me personally by just doing it separate and not putting it all in one pot. And I bet just like with everything else, the minute I do a one pot pasta and I realize actually saving 10 minutes is really awesome on Thursday night, then I'll never go back. Uh, Yeah. It's sort of what, when I say nuance, that's a little bit what I mean Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. Thinking specifically of the Instant Pot spaghetti and meat sauce. Yeah. Because it's cooked under pressure and be, and even because it's just like all cooked together, you do lose some flavor. Yeah. Like the flavor is muddied a little bit. And I think that is a result of like everything cooking together versus like cooking your pasta separately and then doing these like smart techniques to build flavor. Whereas like when you're covering it and it's cooking, it's kind of just like doing its thing. But I will say more so than instant pot spaghetti and meat sauce, when I do a one pan pasta, because I've saved a little bit of time, I think it's a little bit like soup building or chili building, which we've talked about, where you still have room because it's still in the pot and you get a little bit of time at the end where it's you've got the lid off and you're cooking it, letting the last little bit of moisture sort of cook off and the pasta get to the right texture where like adding a little bit of acidity or a little bit of heat or doing some like fresh cheese and broiling it or doing some part skin mozzarella and putting it in the oven to finish adds this getting flavor. L- yeah. At the yes. End. Adds another layer of flavor so that it does feel as satisfying to me as when I make a separate sauce and the pasta. And is the texture is good? Because the thing I am, I'm like weirdly super into getting just the right texture of my pasta. We can tell. <laughs> like I want it to be, I want it to be exactly what I want it to be. Yes. And I don't want, I hate overcooked pasta. Yeah. It's like once you figure out how to not overcook your pasta, I know this sounds like really persnickety, but once you figure out how to not overcook your pasta, like you don't want to go back. Stacy, I don't know about you, but I've been in a major spring cleaning mode, including purging and organizing my closet. 
I'm putting away winter sweaters and donating things that don't work for me anymore, but I'm so excited to be pulling out some of my favorite items from Quince to put back into rotation. Totally. I love the pieces that I bought from Quince last year, too. And neither of us should really be surprised. We love Quince for their quality. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Which means I can actually add some pieces back to my closet after my spring clear out. I love the linen pants and top I got last season so much, but my next purchase is one of Quince's gorgeous 100% washable silk skirts. Oh, that's so pretty. And the best part, all Quince items from silk to 14 karat gold are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's why I snagged my favorite oversized cashmere boyfriend cardigan from Quince instead of any other brand. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is Byheart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some Didn't I Just Feed You version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone, even our last minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. Mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you, too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up, and the process is automated, so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. I'm trying to think... 
in general, I feel like you have as much control as yeah, you want I would to think have. So yeah, yeah. And when you figure out, like, if you try a recipe and it's maybe too cooked, the mm-hmm. thing to do is is like actually pulling back on some of the liquid. Yeah, exactly. So that it doesn't okay, cool. absorb all of that. And then I I think, and I'll give some like recipe examples. I think. One pot pasta is the place where you are almost leaning into that it might have a little bit softer texture. Like okay. you're shooting for like hamburger helper yeah, or yeah, like yeah. baked pasta kind of yes. vibes okay. in some instances. And so it matters a little less. Although maybe you disagree when you do baked pasta. Are you no, I persnickety think about texture? For sure. No, for sure not. Because you have like cheese mixed in and ricotta and like the whole thing. I for, for me, the texture in a baked pasta is like, cracking into the cheese on top and getting a little crunch from that. And then everything inside is sort of like soft and gooey and delicious. Yeah. Mm, I'm hungry. Can you talk us through some one pot pasta flavor combos? Okay. I have a cheesy beef and shells recipe on kitchen.com, which we'll link to that I would call like hamburger helper style. So it calls for a pound of ground beef. You use shells. There's tomato paste and canned tomatoes. And then at the end, you add some cheese to it as well. And there's there there's seasoning in there as well, like some garlic powder and onion powder. And then I usually like to finish it with more cheese and stick it under the broiler. And that is very that is like top tier for my family. They love that. Um, I love that. Also on the kitchen is a recipe written by my friend and former guest of the show, Patty Catalano, for a Philly cheesesteak style one-pot pasta. Same thing, a pound of ground sirloin there, and then there's peppers and onions. You add a bunch of garlic, and then you finish it with provolone cheese and broil it, and it's so good. I love provolone cheese. I think it's very underrated. I totally agree with you. It's great on pizza combined with mozzarella. Yes. It's nice and sharp. Yes. Okay. You know that I have one kid who is a little bit more selective and doesn't love shrimp, but we do occasionally do a version of, it's almost scampi. There's lots of garlic in it, but we'll use um, shrimp, white beans, and kale, and a thin spaghetti noodle, and do that as a dinner. With a, Finish it with like a little bit of cream or a little bit of ricotta. Same thing with this mushroom version. My less adventurous eater does ha, is, has to be out on this night, but we'll do one that's like loaded with mushrooms and onions and garlic, and then it has like a ricotta cream sauce with a little bit of lemon. There's a version we do with chicken, sausage, artichoke hearts, and spinach, which is a little bit like spinach dippy because I do add some cream cheese to it. You could use you could use something higher end, Stacy, like some boursin or something. Mm. And you put the cheese in with the liquid, like in the beginning. So it depends on the cheese. If I'm trying to build like a creamy sauce with the cheese, like mm-hmm. I am in the hamburger helper style or this like with the ricotta or the cream cheese, yes. But if I want the like ch- crispy on top cheese pull, then I'm you adding do it, at, it the end. at the end. But what I'm having a hard time, the heavy cream I get, the cream cheese I get, ricotta, ricotta works. You put ricotta and liquid and pasta and mushrooms and everything and you cover it and you cook it and then the ricotta just breaks down in the liquid and gets creamy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like all the baked pastas that everyone were into on the internet. Like you still, there's still some 
I don't know what's the word grain to yeah, the ricotta. Yeah, that's what I yes. Yes. But because there's the other stuff going on and there's this like starchy sauce around it, it's not like I was just wondering about it breaking in the liquid, but maybe there's less liquid than I'm imagining. There is less liquid than yeah. you're imagining. Okay. Yes. I'm going to shout out a version that I love that no one else in my family loves with cherry tomatoes, olives, sometimes capers, often a lot of lemon that I'll do, especially like in the summertime when we have a lot of tomatoes in general. And that fin- I like to finish with feta, but you know, that, that flavor profile of like olives and feta cheese is not my family's favorite. You can also do like goulash style with just like canned diced tomatoes, ground beef and whatever sort of like fun pasta noodle shape. We also do often like a what I call a pizza pasta skillet. And it is probably like the most basic where it's literally like a pound of pasta. I cover it with a jar of tomato sauce and like a cup of water and let it cook until the pasta is cooked. And then I top it with pizza toppings. So like shredded, you know, Italian blend pizza cheese, as we've sometimes referred to it. Lots of Parmesan, mini pepperonis, sometimes mushrooms and peppers and like broil that part of it. And that's a big, like, family favorite. So many options. Are you mostly cooking these one-pot pastas? Like, is this how you do it as a matter of course? No, Okay. I like them a lot for, like, super busy nights where I actually don't feel like cooking. Or, you know, my partner travels a lot. And so when it's I have to do dinner and dish duty, I'm more inclined to do it. Got it. But if I have the time, like... If I have 25 minutes, like a full 25 minutes to cook dinner and I don't have to worry about who does the dishes, then I'm doing what I think you do often, which is one pot pasta where you cook the pasta and then build the sauce in the pasta pot. Yeah. Totally. Will you walk us through that? Because I think there's some fun... I keep wanting to use the word nuance but because I don't want to be like, it's kind of chef-y. But it's like what smart cooks know about cooking pasta and like how to build a sauce. Some cooking intelligence here. My go-to is, okay, so I've drained the pasta. I have a big mug full of pasta cooking water. You're going to need more if you're building a sauce out of just olive oil and or butter. I like to use a combination of the two. Okay. So... Pasta is in the colander. You do not rinse the pasta. Do not rinse the pasta. (laughs) You're going to rinse all that salt that you just, especially if you spent money on that disco de sale. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it there. If anything, if it's going to sit for a while, which I don't think this is the case for most people, but let's say like in the morning you're pre-cooking your pasta and then you're going to put it all together at night, which is really actually like a great way to save time. You can cook the pasta save the mug full of water, just like cover it with saran wrap and leave it like in the fridge or even on your counter. Drain the pasta, put about two teaspoons of olive oil on it and toss it. You haven't rinsed it. And then you can just kind of spread it on a sheet pan to cool and just cover it so that it doesn't cook more. Because if you leave it in the colander, you're going to trap residual heat and that's going to make it overcook. So spread the lightly oiled pasta on a sheet pan and cover it with a dish towel. And then when you come home at night, you're ready to just like build your sauce and put dinner together. So it takes the before eating cooking time down from like 30 or 40 minutes to just like 15. 
So into the pot, I'm putting a combination of butter and oil, often garlic, but it can be onions and shallots or any combination of the three. Sometimes I'll use bacon too, or pancetta or guanciale, which is just like a seasoned bacon. It's made from pig gel and it's really delicious. Then I'll reduce the amount of butter or oil and or oil that I'm using because you're going to render a lot of fat from the meat. When you're cooking bacon or guanciale, are they chopped? It depends. It totally depends on the thing. So I often just to save myself time when I use pancetta, buy it pre-chopped in those tiny little cubes. That's a big time saver. Guanciale, I'm cutting into more like uh, it comes around like salami and I'll cut it into thin strips and then cut the strips in half so that you have a little bit. You know, it depends. Like with carbonara, I like having slightly bigger pieces. But then with something like if it's just going to be greens and bacon, I might cut it in smaller pieces of the way the pancetta comes just so that it's more like bacony throughout and it gives a tiny little bit of texture as opposed to like pieces of bacon. Does that okay. make sense? That's great. I got it. Okay. So, you know, any combination of bacon or sausage and greens is great. So broccoli rob, kale, spinach, radicchio, anything like that, plus bacon and sausage. You can add pepper flakes, you can add wine, a splash of wine, but like that's it, that's your sauce. So I'm cooking the fat, I'm cooking the bacon, the meat, I'm adding greens, I'm sauteing the greens or the vegetables in that rendered fat and butter and oil. I'm adding pepper flakes, garlic, a splash of wine. And then I don't want all the fat to cook off. I want a good amount of fat still in the pot because that is my sauce along with about a mugful of the cooking water. So when you put the cooking water in there at first, it's going to seem watery and scary. But as the fat emulsifies, it's going to get nice and silky. And you want just enough to just coat the pasta. It's not going to be like a serving of sauce on top of your pasta. Your pasta is just going to be coated. And then you have all those greens and meat and flavor in there. And that's it. Like it takes just a few seconds. Sometimes I do mushrooms with the same thing, just oil, butter, garlic, mushrooms. Sometimes if I have bacon and sausage on hand, peas and asparagus, same deal. Sometimes ham instead of bacon or sausage, just like cubed up ham, cabbage or shredded Brussels sprouts, same treatment. If I have eggplant on hand, eggplant actually takes the cooking time up a little bit because I think for eggplant to be good, you don't, there's a lot of controversy over whether you have to salt and drain your eggplant ahead of time. Sometimes I don't, but then it can be iffy. Like sometimes eggplant just doesn't come out great, but every once in a while, I'll just cube the eggplant up into really small cubes and then add it into that fat that I'm sizzling along with the garlic and I'll get it nice and crispy and then add cherry tomatoes and then continue on. So again, we have the rendered bacon fat, butter, oil, then eggplant, cherry tomatoes, garlic, maybe some wine, maybe not. Add that pasta cooking water and there you go. Do you ever do this with green beans? That's one of our go-tos or just like sliced peppers. Like you mentioned sausage and doing some sausage 
and a variety of sweet and spicy peppers is really good too. Yeah, I don't. You know, my kids don't like cooked peppers. They love bell peppers raw. Like that's one of my quote unquote lunchbox vegetables. So it's like something, even though I don't pack a lunchbox anymore, I just always have on hand for crudite style snacking or like side veg. They don't love cooked peppers. So interesting. Yeah. If I make like uh, sausage and peppers, they'll eat the sausage and the onions and they'll leave all the peppers (laughs) aside. And then green beans, I don't do. The only time I toss green beans with pasta, which gets me into my next idea that I do a lot, is uh, pesto. Like pesto, green beans, and pasta is a go-to for us. Yeah. I only mention it because green beans... And broccoli are like our top two cooked veggies in our house. So I always have them on hand. And sometimes when I'm just riffing, like cutting them into bite-sized pieces and doing exactly what you're talking about. Lots of garlic, the butter and olive oil is a great way. And and sometimes sausage is a great way to use them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, you don't need any of this stuff. Pasta olio y alio is just pasta with oil and garlic. (laughs) Like that's a very classic Italian dish, and then you can just have crudite on the side, or maybe you're roasting or air frying a vegetable on the side. Or a bagged salad. Or a bagged salad. So I do that a lot, but for whatever reason, that isn't actually my favorite pasta, but I do think it's a go-to, and it's really great if you have picky eaters, you know, if they're willing to get the garlic chunks in there. So it depends how picky they are. You know, if they're super picky, just buttered pasta is delicious, maybe with peas. And again, you're going to use the same technique. You're going to melt a ton of butter, right? I mean, not so much, but probably more than you think. It's not like two tablespoons. You're going to do more like half a stick of butter (laughs) for a pound of pasta, maybe even a little bit more. And then once it all melts, you might even want to brown it and go through that process. Then you're going to add the pasta cooking water and the butter and the cooking water are going to emulsify. And then you're going to toss your pasta with it. Can I share something? Yeah. I have a a deep love affair with buttered pasta. I think we I think I've talked about this in the pasta episode. I have one kid who's still their go-to is buttered pasta. And I do exactly what you're talking about, like adding the pasta water and cooking the butter. But you know what I've been doing, and I feel like it, it is part of what it's so good about it, is like actually incorporating some of the Parmesan cheese that they'll allow on top into that so you know what i learned from an italian chef once that yes do that but you're supposed to do that off the heat because otherwise it breaks down the proteins yes so yeah i think that's super great i do the same thing you're cooking the butter you're adding the pasta you know the pasta cooking water then you're adding the pasta back in you're tossing 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 to coat it well You're giving it another like minute to cook because you'll see that the pasta sauce is kind of reducing and really clinging to the pasta. Then you're going to turn off the heat, take it off the stove, add some Parmesan and toss, 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 toss. Yeah. Okay. Cream sauces. Because I feel like that's another easy pan sauce to do. Yeah. The way you like to build them and keep it one, one pot. It's still the same exact thing. And when I add the pasta cooking water, I'm adding some heavy cream or ricotta, or sour cream, or cream cheese. And that pasta cooking water is going to help that dairy break down if you're using like cream cheese or ricotta, you know, and it's like a little bit thicker. But the cream sauce and the pasta cooking water are just going to cook together. 
Is that how you do it too? Yeah. I also want to call out something because I can see you on video and no one else can. I'm sorry. It's like a little bit of a spoiler. Every time you describe the sauce and we haven't called this like describe the cooking, you're doing the spoon move. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even notice. But I think we should call it out because we're ta- when we're talking about building the sauce, part of <laughs> what we're doing intuitively that we haven't said out loud is we're helping the pasta absorb sauce and yes. release even more of its starch by doing the spoon move. And yeah. it's sort of like what you think of as folding or like if you were scooping into a bowl of yes. ice cream or a bowl of yogurt, <laughs> like you're going underneath the pasta with the spoon and you're turning the pasta up over onto itself. Yes. But very quickly is how Stacey's <laughs> doing it on camera. Very quickly. I love it. Yes, I'm so glad that you called that out. I just, okay. I was like, wait, every time, every single time, no matter That's what sauce hilarious. you're describing, describe some more sauces to us. Okay. I, and please well, don't stop okay, doing so, the spoon move. Right. And Alfredo sauce is really easy. A lemon cream sauce is really easy. And then just adding cream or any of the other dairy that I mentioned on any of the other combinations, broccoli, rob, radicchio, spinach, kale with bacon, sausage, mushrooms with bacon eggplant with cherry tomatoes, add a splash of heavy cream along with the pasta cooking water. Delicious. Peas, asparagus, you know, you can add heavy cream. It might have bacon. Maybe you don't have bacon. Maybe it has some lemon zest and cream and peas. It all works in my right opinion. Right now, corn, doing corn with like Ooh, a cream, yeah. a little bit of heavy cream and a lot of garlic and some red pepper flake and some fresh herbs. I also want to mention... There is a like grated fresh tomato sauce that I love where you take yes. like big juicy heirloom tomatoes, you grate them on the large holes of your box grater. And for that, I would like I don't cook the tomatoes that much. So I would do like butter and olive oil, a little bit of pasta cooking water, and then add the tomatoes and the Parmesan cheese off the heat at the end. So good. That sounds so good. And like a ton of basil in there. Mm, that's like summer on a plate for me. And one of my favorites is all year round is a dish called a matriciana, mm. which is basically like guanciale, a.k.a. pig jowl, a.k.a. bacon. And traditionally, it's hot peppers mm-hmm. and then like hunks of tomatoes. So think diced or whole peeled tomatoes that you break up with your hands so that you have like some of that juice from the can, but then also hunks of the tomato. And it's so good. And what I like about this is that not every tomato sauce, just like you were pointing out, has to be one that is cooked down for an amount of time. So I build in a matriciana sauce the same way I build these other sauces, none of which had tomato in them, except for like cherry tomatoes. But this is like canned tomatoes where you just, uh, you know, you toast the guanciale, you get it nice and crispy. You add a little bit of oil, you add a little bit of butter. Then you add, it's really great this time of year, like the end of summer, using fresh spicy peppers instead of pepper flakes makes all the difference. And late summer is a great time for all different kinds of peppers. And go to the farmer's market. I remember I used to make it and Mike was like, this is better than any I had in any restaurant. And it 100% wasn't my cooking. It was that I had found these peppers that weren't too spicy and had almost like a citrus flavor to them. Mm. They were just delicious spicy peppers from the farmer's market, like a variety we had never tried before. 
You just cut them up. You can seed them if you don't want it to be too spicy. Brown those, you know, get the flavor infused into the oil, get them a little bit crispy. And then you put a little bit of pasta cooking water, a little less than you would if only butter and oil were your base, but a little pasta cooking water, all the juice from your canned tomatoes, then break up the plum tomatoes with your hands and put the chunks in there and let it cook down for, you know, five minutes. And that's it. Toss your pasta in there. And it is so good. Sounds so good. Can we also talk, because you talked about finishing. Yes. One pot pastas. I think that finishing a quick pasta is also really important because you haven't spent a ton of time building flavor over time the way you do with a nice slow cooked sauce. So, you know, fresh herbs, arugula, really good olive oil. Like once everything's done, taking a really good olive oil and just drizzling it on top, that also kind of um, helps like finally emulsify your sauce and gives a little bit of good, I don't want to call it bitter because that doesn't sound good, but you know that like fresh olive oil flavor. It's a balance. Yeah. yeah. There's some grassiness there. Yes, Sometimes exactly. a little Grass bit of perfect. bright brightness. Yeah. Totally. Chopped nuts, toasted breadcrumbs, anything like that that you can finish off your pasta. Zest. Zest. Yes, totally. It's so good. Also, flake, like a flaky finishing salt. Yeah. And you got me into the sort of savory sprinkles from Ami so Ami, good. which are great for finishing pastas, too. You know one thing that I'm going to give out a shout out, even though I haven't made it yet? Okay. Miso butter. Okay. I've seen miso butter and I've seen miso butter and gochujang butter. Yes. I think these are both Eric Kim creations and they're like bookmarked because I can't wait to make them and I just haven't yet, but they both seem like super easy. Yeah. Doesn't Eric Kim also have sort of like a spaghetti and meat sauce with gochujang in it as well? I have that one bookmarked and haven't had a chance to make it yet. I love the idea of using ingredients that you love from other cuisines in your pasta dish. You know, even just thinking about like, maybe you have some fusilli or like some fun shape. And, you know, instead of using, we've been talking about pancetta or prosciutto, you know, all the Italian meats, guanciale, chorizo, chorizo and black beans tossed with pasta can be really good. And you can use the same technique, you know, brown the chorizo, render the fat, add a little olive oil, add a little butter, add the black beans, a bunch of garlic, and then the pasta cooking water. I bet that's delicious. It sounds delicious. You know who's going to have a ton of other flavor combo ideas, right? I can't wait to throw this one to our community because I know people have good quick pasta dinner ideas. Yes. So our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community has a thread each week about new episodes. So you can tell us your favorite super speedy pasta dinners. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 